2012, Sarah. Shakes. Dude, Alabama Shakes, the group you've been trying to get me to play all week long. I have been dying to hear what they sound. Is this their most famous song? Oh, this is their first single, Hold On, yes. It's like from, I was saying, welcome to 2012, Sarah. Oh, I love them. Oh, she's fabulous. I was going to say, you do realize the female lead singer, right? Okay, good. Because she destroys it. I've actually seen her play in concert a couple times. Amazing. An amazing performer, an amazing artist. So. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What's her name, by the way? Uh, that's way too much information that I would know right now. I can tell you, though. Quick shake of the Google. Uh, oh, I love the voice. You like that, right? Yes. Brittany Howard is her name. Brittany Howard. So this was their first... The original single, yes. Oh, oh my god, I love it! Oh, I love it! Oh, I love a good soul, deep soul song. Well, that's what they got for you. Alabama Shakes. All right, I know, everybody. Folks, when it comes to music, I'm always 10 years behind. But luckily, you're only four years behind this time, so you're good. You're getting there, Sarah. Sammy really is the musician on this show. I say it all the time. He is. He's got many, many talents. That's one of them. He knows music. But I keep seeing all these things about the Alabama Shakes. I'm like, God, I don't even know what they play. Let's play one of their songs. Well, look, that's their song. I love it. Next week on the show, Heim. Time. Oh, I love them. Great. We're going right back to 2012. <laughs> Cannot wait. This should be fantastic. <laughs> oh, I love Heim. I have listened to a couple of their hits. They're so good. They are very good. Do they have anything new out or no? Probably Sarah. Most artists do, re- do release stuff after 20, uh, 2012. So. <laughs> oh, well, we got to find out. Anyway, uh, look, welcome to the show. It is Thursday. I'm your host, Sarah Frazier, along with Sammy Kay and our Hey Frazier podcast. Now, I do have a question, though, because we've been forgetting to play this. And are you going to drop any more oh, F-bombs on this oh, episode? Fuck, we haven't played the disclaimer. Sarah, you're supposed to wait till you... St- okay, you can't say fuck before we play the disclaimer. Hold on. This is a statement intended to specify or delimit the scope of rights and obligations that may be exercised and forced by parties in a legally recognized relationship. Wait, what? This is your disclaimer. The Hey Frage podcast may not be suitable for all years. Oh. There you go. Now you can say fuck all you want to. Yes! Now you can okay, say good. fuck all you want to. Oh, hit us with some show intro because we got a ton to cover. There you go. Yeah. That voice is so good. Courtesy of Teddy Beats. He's amazing. Does Teddy uh, do any imaging for other people or just us? Just he, you right now, Sarah. He he's been working on Schlager music mm. right now. I don't know if you know this, but Teddy's actually been making hits for German artists. Really? Major hits. Yeah. I'm sure. He's Doing EDM so remixes and a bunch of other stuff. So he keeps himself busy. Well, welcome to the podcast. We got a ton to get to today. Paul Wharton yesterday was on the show. He was so great. Oh, my God. Amazing. He amazing. was so amazing. And I'm glad that, look, and I'm proud to say that now I'm not 30% gay. I'm 35% gay. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. So, Where are you on the spectrum? 35% now? now gay, 65% straight after last night. Or yesterday, oh, I guess. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, so. um, well, as I mentioned on the show today, it's packed. Deep Thoughts from the Men on Tinder are coming up. I'll tell you why there's a pop-up pony show in D.C. Oh, uh-huh. this weekend. Yeah. Okay. There it is. There's rocking the cast pod. <laughs> Someone had actually suggested to me, do you think we should do this, a rock the cast pod, like, Thursday thing where, like, we tell you about any sort of events that we like or we're going to go to? Oh, and we can do it to, like, rock the cast bus. Like, the yeah. FCC don't like it. Boom, <laughs> boom, boom. Rock the cast pod. Rock, rock the, the cast, cast pod. I love this FCC idea. FCC don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, do you think Teddy can work on that? I'm pretty sure we can do that today. Yeah, we have a smoking weed session planned after the show. So, yeah. <laughs> What's a smoking weed? Well, we're just going to hang out, smoke some weed, and think of creative ideas. Okay, will you do a remix? Rock the cast pod. Yep. 
and do that because I, someone had said to me, Ashley, who does some PR stuff for me, had said, you guys got to do a Rock the Caspot segment on Thursdays where you tell people where you're going to be out and about or things you like or whatever. Okay, I'm down to Rock the Caspot. We'll get it for next week then. Uh, I also want to talk to you too, and, and I'm not that behind on this because I had heard of it, uh, but DC Underground. Okay, yes. Are you, are you up on all the stuff that's DuPont happening? DuPont Underground, right? DuPont Underground. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, DuPont Underground. It was only a short time ago, though, that I actually learned that there was like this whole structure of life underneath DuPont Circle. Yes. Uh, so it's an ex, it's an old metro station that they were trying to build up. And I guess this is when they're going to try to make them more like New York or Parisian metro stations with like shops and stuff inside the actual station. Only it never ended up coming to fruition. And it just sits there in DuPont Circle. So if you walk on the circle, you can actually see it. And it's like a great and it has a little poster that says DC Underground. Yeah, or and DuPont Underground. DuPont Underground. And that's actually how you get into it. And it's a cool little venue. I remember, I want to say that they've been trying to build it out to be like a concert and like yes. live entertainment space, but it's costing millions oh my of God. dollars. Tons of uh, money, lots of stories out about it. So I thought yeah. I'd ask you a little bit more about it if you've ever actually been down there. I have been down there one time for an event, but I want to say it was a long time ago and they only had one platform open. It was oh. like one part was open. Well, I think they have more open now. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Also, lots of people have emailed us for advice, including a mom, which I think is hysterical, but she actually wants us to weigh in on that. Good. Let me tell you everything <laughs> you should do with your child. Uh, did I mention deep thoughts from the men on Tinder? You did mention do, that. Do that. We're going to do the click. Uh, and a blog has also gone viral. I want, you, I want your thoughts about this, too, because I actually have been emailing with a woman that wrote this blog. She's a, she's adopted four children. One of her adopted sons is black. Mm -hmm. And she is asking the white parents of her sons, of her black son's friends, to see color and to actually stand up for him in situations. The blog's gone viral, caused a lot of controversy. So she's actually going to be on the podcast next week. Okay, excellent. I can't I, wait to hear this. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, we'll talk about the blog today. Um, but I'm being trolled hard on Twitter. I know you are. This is fantastic. I want to know and, more about and, these trolls, though, because you just come in, you're like, fucking trolls. Fucking trolls. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, I find it comical because, uh, look, I think that the Internet, I don't mind trolling. Like, if people don't like me, it's fine. I feel like everybody wants a place to say something, uh -huh. so go for it. But I want to know what you honestly think because maybe I'm in the wrong about this. But I have done my research, and I do believe that it is a racist and derogatory term, okay? So Sunday night was the Golden Globes. Yes. Quentin Tarantino gets up, does an acceptance speech for, like, the best song or best, like, um, musical, uh -huh. what do they call it, score? Like a you musical know? score. Right. So yeah. Hateful Eight wins that. So he gets up there and does a speech, and he talks about, um, hey, you know, this song... I'm not going to get the correct quote, but he talks about how this is great. The guy that wrote this is 86 years old. You know, this isn't any ghetto, you know, uh, musical score. Like, this is legit. And so then when he goes off stage, like, the minute he said that, I was like, oh, I just... I, the word ghetto. You're Okay, is it true or not that you're not supposed to use the word ghetto anymore? That it is derogatory and racist? Well, I think the issue is, is that when you say ghetto, even though you may be talking about, uh, because you may be intelligent, you understand it just means a low-income housing area, right? A, a torn-down neighborhood area, per yeah. se, right? People are going to immediately assume that you are speaking about black people. Okay, so that's and so that's why even I, even though I want to say the term ghetto, because I'm like, oh, dude, it's just it looks like a it looks like a ghetto. But I actually mean that in the sense of a Warsaw ghetto, you know, because I'm looking historically speaking. But knowing that majority of people don't understand the history behind the word, or understand actually what the true meaning of the word is, they just think it means poor black neighborhood, and that is why I personally don't use the term ghetto, and I think why a lot of other people are kind of veering away from that term. Okay, here's the thing. So I put out on my Twitter a statement like, at Quentin Tarantino, you can't use the word ghetto. Like, it's just, it's, uh, I said something to that, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm getting trolled so hard by all these people who are saying, at hey, Frage, uh, there have been ghettos long before. They were called Irish ghettos of NYC. Ask this guy, at Joseph Coney. And then it goes, but hey, keep spreading ignorance. So here's the, and then Connor Glanville. Ghetto is an actual word that has an actual meaning and is not owned by one particular demographic, at Hey Frage. Uh, then from Joseph Coney. Europe had ghettos from the 1600s. Here's his Wikipedia link, right? Uh, somebody is stu too stupid to understand etymology. Uh, and oh, the quote was, okay, hashtag Quentin Tarantino, you can't be using the word ghetto. Hashtag Golden Globes. That was mine initially, okay. right? Uh, at Hey Frage, yeah, he's really problematic. 
didn't uh, did he not get the memo? We are banning words now. They're toxic and hurtful, right? So, you, know, you know, so he's obviously Sarcastic, making fun of that. Yeah. So here's my thing. My understanding of the word ghetto is yes, like it was a Hebrew and Jewish word. That w- that's how no, it, it just means to be. A, it's not a Hebrew or Jewish. Word. It's just like an old school. It's an old term. Like yes. Okay, but it started back like there were Jewish ghettos, and I'm talking hundreds of years ago. The problem comes with the word because over the years it has evolved and it did apply to the African-American community and ghettos were segregated, they were held down, they were restricted. That's what it evolved to, Mm -hmm. okay? So the latest context that is hurtful and to me is racist and derogatory is the word ghetto applying to a black segregated community. But I kind of agree with these trolls a little bit only in the fact that they're saying kind of what they're doing, they're saying that they're like me. They understand. They're like you. They understand that it's the etymology behind it and that there are different kinds of ghettos. But they're saying, why are you catering to the stupid people? Like to the people that are... That, I think that these are trolls too, are stupid. Are, but they're not, though. They're just trying to say, why are you trying to cater? I saying, oh, well, you shouldn't say that because, you know, that's racist. Well, we're only saying that because the only people that think that's racist are stupid people. You know what I mean? Everyone else realizes that the etymology behind it and the fact that ghettos have been around for hundreds of years, and it actually, I believe the definition is a, it's like a, a part of a city that's filled with minority groups. You okay, know? yeah, but here's the thing. I and believe so ghetto I kind of, took on a different connotation with the black community. That's why, and look, full disclosure, we're both, well, I'm white, you're African. From Tunisia. And I'm half Irish and half Scottish. So I'm you're aware. White. You're white, Sarah. I'm completely white. white. Yeah, I'm completely yeah. white. And, and I don't, Look, I just always say this. I want this show to be about things that are bigger than us. I know that I'm probably wrong on a lot of things, right? Absolutely. It just drives me nuts. Like, abuse of animals, children, and racism drives me insane. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like when Quentin Tarantino used that word, it is in a derogatory way. Because my understanding of the word ghetto is it did evolve and kind of take a connotation with the black community in a different way than it did with the well, Irish. The ghettos. way in which he said it, if your context was correct, in which he said it's not like it's a you know it's not like it's a film score from the ghetto. Then clearly he's using that in a racially you know driven kind of term. But I think in the most part, what they're saying is just, I agree with both of you guys honestly, which is weird because I normally have one very hard opinion. But the idea that you guys are both saying they're just saying, hey, why are we catering to stupid people? Let the stupid people be stupid. If they want to think it's racist, let them think that they're just stupid. You're trying to say, hey. I don't want people to think I'm racist because there's a lot of stupid people out there, so let me cater to them. That way you don't get the hate, but then you're going to get the hate from the smart people. So, okay, you, do you think that my statement was an ignorant statement? I'm looking now. I'm just Googling, like, uh, is get a racist? Well, I don't think it was ignorant as much as it was you were just catering to the, to the wrong demographic. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I want to know. See, now I want to know. I just because I I'll tell you what, though, you when I talk to people, refer to a Jewish community or a Jewish person with no money as ghetto. Like well, you just don't. Well, I know, and again, like I tell people, when people talk about my old neighborhood, they talk about coming to my neighborhood. Like, oh man, your neighborhood's a little bit ghetto. There is no other minorities except for black people in my neighborhood. You know what I mean? My old neighborhood. So therefore, I know they are talking about the black people in that neighborhood, and that upsets me a lot. But if you're just using the term ghetto. In a historical context, then I think that's kind of what they're getting upset for is the fact that, you know, you are changing the definition of words. But then again, though, these same people are upset, but yet words are, you know, definitions of words change. Bitch. That's what I'm saying. Bitch is a great example, okay? You used to, on it, that was your female dog for the longest time, but now when you say bitch, the first thing they think of is you referring to a woman or you referring to a weak man. No one's thinking you're talking about a dog anymore. Yeah, exactly. Same with gay. Gay is the same thing. No one thinks you're actually talking, like, Christmas is the gayest time of the year. That's what they used to say. But that just means it was the happiest time of the year. They don't actually mean it was the most homosexual time of the year. But now the definition has changed over the course of, let's say, 60, 70 years. So I think people need to understand that, yes, that had a definition. But the definition is going to change. And I agree with you on that. The definition has changed. Thank you. But they're saying, hey, why are you catering to stupid people? They should already know this. And they should understand this. I don't know why you're even wasting your time. I think that's why they're trolling you. <laughs> well, anyway, you can look at it. It's on my Twitter, at HeyFrage. I would love to. Someone will, I'm sure people will email us. Maybe you're an expert. Maybe you're a, I don't know, would you be a linguist? Uh, I'd or... be a linguist, yep. <laughs> you Russian, yep. Fuck off. You're such a dick. But I'm, t- I'm saying, like, who would be the, I don't know, would it be a uh, someone that studies... Languages, cultures. Linguists? I just want to know because I do believe that somewhere along the way, 
the word ghetto did change and it has nothing to and I totally get look Irish people were prosecuted absolutely I completely understand that Jewish people clearly I mean but it did change along the way and I just think when Quentin Tarantino said that I thought ugh. It's just, I just feel like it was so racist. And I will say, look, I always do this. My test is this. Um, I type it into Google, and I see what Google shows me, and first. that's what my current definition is, right? So if you type in ghetto in the Google, the first thing that shows up is people at Walmart, all right? That's the first thing the that shows up? The first thing that shows up is people at Walmart, and then it shows African Americans in a poor neighborhood, and then it shows a bunch of old ghettos, and then it goes back to like pictures of people, like, in prom, like black people in prom dresses, and then memes of Obama. So clearly, the yeah. term "ghetto" is being used in a racial way by a majority think of people. I was wrong. I to think that they have. I think they were right for calling you out, but I think you were also right for posting it because the fact is, majority of people, if you look at the Google, majority of people are actually referring to it as a racist term. Where these people are saying, "Hey, it's not a racist term. You're an idiot." Which, in all realities, they should be saying, "Hey, you know what, Sarah? You're not the idiot." The people that you're appealing to are idiots, and we're sorry that you have to appeal to these idiots by actually, you know, Thank you. saying something like yeah, this. Yeah, so eat it, trolls. So, okay, so I was saying they were right, too, but fine. <laughs> you can eat a, eat a fat one, trolls. <laughs> eat the biggest fat one. Here's a no, spoon for you to eat my ass with, trolls. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. It's actually a spork. It's Much a like little... Steve Croft ate his mistress's ass, eat my ass. You mean how he did a, a butt luge? By the mm. way, that's my, that's my goal this weekend. You oh. know what? To rock the cast pod this weekend, I want to do a butt luge. What's his name? Steve Croft You can style? use mine. No, no. <laughs> ugh. Absolutely not. There's not enough alcohol in the world that can kill that. Like, no, it'd be great. You know, do it like a senator. Do it like a do it like an expensive business. Oh, like, like, like a, a news 60 guy. minutes reporter. Yeah, like a 60 minutes reporter. Mm, trolls, how my ass tastes. How it tastes. Mm, well, it tastes like champagne but, and bubbly. Do you, do you think I should write these guys back? I've been getting trolled like all week since Sunday. I just, oh. I just hit ignore. I mean, I just don't even respond. I don't know. Do you think I should Yeah, respond? you should. but you should be a dick to him. Like, you shouldn't write it back. But <laughs> I'm surprised you could even say that with all the dicks in your mouth. You know, <laughs> wow, how can you type when you're, when you're giving hand jobs to multiple men at the same time? Like, just really, like, dig at him a little bit just to piss him off to get him to go really trolled out. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Look, um, you can always follow us on social media, and we love to hear your opinions. Because I, I have, like I said, I know I'm wrong all the time. I'm never on here to, like... Oh, hey, you have to agree with me. That's the point of this podcast. We want to entertain you. We totally want to make you laugh. And we want to make you think. And that includes us. I learn stuff all the time on this podcast and from people who email us. So if you know more about this and if you can tell us if the word ghetto and what Quentin Tarantino said was wrong, it's Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at HeyFrage.com. Hey, trolls, I envision you writing this from your parents' basement with a meatloaf stain on your shirt. Am I right? <laughs> that's what you should be writing to these people. Oh, that's good. Should I write that right yeah, now? Yeah, write it right now. Okay, hold on. All right, yeah, let, there me, you go. Yeah, let me go. Uh, all right, let's see, let's see. Hold on, hold on. Um, Are you sure you want to write that now, Sarah? Because I just, you know, it's just going to upset you more because they're going to react to it. Well, that's the thing, is I just feel like hit ignore because why do I care? I mean, I honestly don't. I don't, I don't feel any need to be right on this one because I just feel like, look, in my opinion, I think he used a bad word choice. I don't think it's appropriate. Well, Sarah, if the internet's concerned, they think you're a fucking moron. So, <laughs> uh, we've had some requests for you to do another accent. Do you have uh, any other accents? I mean, by the way, okay, hold on. How is that not racist? First off, <laughs> like, because I always feel like my accents are super offensive, and I don't like doing them. People are like do more accents. I'm like, guys, that's so racist. Like, I don't think that's racist. I'm taking the I'm taking the stereotypes of a language and their way of speaking our language, and then exploiting them to be in a humorical. That's, no, that's kind of it's a very on. balanced line between. Please don't. No, see now you've just planted that seed out there. So now when we do it, people are gonna think that. But that's one of the best things you do. Well, it's funny because my dad actually does sound very stereotypical Arab, so it's pretty awesome. Oh, good. What does your dad sound like? Sammy, go make yourself a bowl of cereals. I'm like, a bowl of cereals, Dad? <laughs> He's like, yes, you got to have one cereal or have many cereals. It's a bowl of cereals. This makes sense to me. And I'm like, all right, Dad, you're right. But I just like your, oh, hello. Oh, uh, which one? Because that sounded like every other accent I do. <laughs> And I say more accents, always. You like the German accent a lot, don't oh, you? Oh, I love the yeah, German. Yeah, yeah. I am I also German. People. I'm not going to stop. I, I, like I said, I, I really believe in love for all. I don't want to do anything that hurts people, but I will make a stand on the accents. You're going to sit there and be like, mm -hmm. fuck you, I don't care, mm -hmm. the accents are hysterical? Yes, I will. I keep doing them, no problem. Well, what I've learned, too, in working in radio <laughs> is you can do accents for certain minorities, but there's other ones you can't touch. 
So, like, you can sit there and you can do a Russian accent. They're going to think it's funny. If you do, like, an Arabic person, they think it's pretty funny. Okay. You know, if you do, like, a Southerner, they think it's funny. Rednecks think it's funny. Asian people, you cannot fuck with Asian accents. Really? Like, they don't get, like it? They do, you get so much hate for that one. Like, I've actually had a friend of mine that was honestly f- almost fired from a radio station for doing an Asian accent, even though he was Asian himself. <laughs> Okay. Like, and he was like, How I've never gotten so is? much hate. Maybe this is like, also, this is like maybe eight years ago. So maybe times have changed, but I've always kind of learned that one, you know? Really? Yeah. I wonder why the Asian one is exempt. I don't, I think it's because the problem is, though, they say Asian, but yet there's like so many that it's kind of racist. It's like lumping them all together, you know? Like, there's different accents. I'm trying accents to for actually na- see, this is awful because when you're saying that, I'm trying to think of my Asian accent. Don't even try. I beg you to not try. <laughs> Okay. Stop. If you no, wanna, I want to do it. No, you cannot do it. You cannot. All right, I'm Irish. You're Irish. Okay, they can be Irish all you want. The Irish people have a problem when you use their accent. No, see, Irish people don't care. English people don't care. They think so it's great. So only the Asians, that's the only people that you can't that's the knock one that off my, that The accent? only person I've ever heard get in trouble for doing an accent was because he did an Asian accent, but he was Asian himself, and I just thought it was very ironic. <laughs> He was like, wait, so I, I can't do this accent anymore? And they're like, no, man. It's offensive. When you're emailing us about the word ghetto, let me know about the word, the Asian, because now I feel like I've got a great Asian. You can't. And Sarah, <laughs> you have it. horrendous accents. Fuck you, I do not. Throw one at me. I've got it mastered. No, here's what you're going to be like, all right, here's my Asian, Sammy. I'm ready. Hey, man, how you doing? Welcome to the beach. I'm from China, Yanaman. And you're like, no, Sarah, that is not Asian at all. Like, how do you think that? Like, what's going on? First of all, on? that's Jamaican. Aman. Aman. You come down here to Jamaica. You like to, you like to hang out. Say you enjoy bacon. the beach. Say, bacon. Say beer can. Bacon. Beer can. <laughs> bacon. Bacon. <laughs> All right, never mind. Okay, stop. All I can think of is the Asian one. Uh, look, let's get to some advice before I want to... I want to know if I'm right or wrong on this, because Dan and I have been going to see a lot of movies currently. Okay. Right? Star Wars, Spotlight, yep. mm-hmm. uh, uh, The Big Short. Yes, Okay. Which, by the way, is that phenomenal? I've heard it's phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. Okay, you need cool. to see that. Good, good, good. But we have this problem uh, at the movie theater, because I love movie theater popcorn. I, I right. don't. I don't make popcorn because I don't want microwave long in my own apartment, uh-huh, so yeah. I never make it, right? You don't have a whirly pop at home? I don't have a whirly pop. No, I love that. Is that the one you Twirl around the on the, twirl around, on the old the school whirly pop. Yeah. My mom used to have one of those growing up. I yeah. loved that. I need to buy one on eBay. They're actually pretty awesome. And those don't like cause problems with your lungs, right? What do you mean? Like a microwave? Yeah, lung? microwave lung. No, I mean no. Because you know, people have actually got they have had like You're cancer preaching to the choir, the Sarah. I haven't had a microwave in over eight years. Oh, I know, I love that about you. Yeah, I haven't had a microwave in years. I know. I wish I could get rid of my microwave, but so, we rent. We don't have. It's sad. I don't eat Hot Pockets as much as I want to. But Hot that's the, Pockets! That's the only thing I really miss about not having a microwave. Okay, let me ask you this. Because every time we go to the movies, okay. we get the medium popcorn. The medium, which is actually like an extra large. Extra large, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And we get the water. Okay. okay? You get water so, at yeah. the movie theater? Mm-hmm. That's your first problem. I know. Well, it gets so dehydrated eating all the popcorn. Uh-huh. No extra uh-huh. butter, by the way. I don't need the extra butter. I just like the salt. I'm a big salt. I crave salt. This I'm is, like a deer. This sounds horrendous Give for me Dan a salt already. Light. <laughs> Fuck off. You always make me sound like, you know, people are going to think I'm really gross. Let's go to the movie. No butter. It's like, what? On the popcorn? That's like half the game. You know, I'm hot and I could get somebody if it didn't work out with Dan. Wait, why would you even say, what did that have to do with buttered popcorn, Sarah? <laughs> that was, that had nothing to do with buttered popcorn. Stop Sorry, Dan. I don't know why she said that. I apologize. Because you always make me sound like I'm gross. You wouldn't drink anything from my butthole. You, you know. Wait, how is that? That's that's the appropriate answer to that. It's like, oh, Sammy, why don't you want to take shots out of my anus? No, I'll pass. Well, that's horrible. You think I'm gross. You don't like me. It's like, that's uh, true. I feel like that's how I'm feeling right now. You're right. That is true, actually. And then you say the other day on, you know, on Tuesday, we were talking about how I will wear a men's bathroom. And you were like, yeah, Dan, shouldn't have sex with you. You're always like, you're like, well, because you Sarah, my I was envisioning you on the couch just sitting there spread eagle. <laughs> hey, babe, what's up? That is so offensive. Oh, yeah. Hey, by the way, you see this? This is one of my nipples. You want to do it? Like, that's how I envision you. <laughs> and so, I was like, that's not attractive. That is so unattractive. And by the way, we don't fart in front of each other yet. Really? Yeah, honestly. That's like my first thing I do with a girl. Oh, gross. No, that's like, that's my first test. I sit there and I try to, like, my first, second night stand at a girl's place, I try to blow up that bathroom. Like, I'm like a dog. I like to lay my claim, you know? Well, I, anyhow, I, I will say this. So... I'm attractive. That's what the point of this was. Like, okay. I could get somebody else. All right, all right. Because you just always make me out to be on this podcast like I'm gross. Well, 
Okay, stop. That's not, <laughs> that's not a good endorsement. So I want to know about this. Um, okay, so when we go to the movie theater, I immediately get the popcorn. I start eating it. Okay. And, and sometimes, if I have a small popcorn, I will actually finish the popcorn before, before the, the movie, movie starts. starts. Yeah, I know. Dan that. tells me that movie food is meant to be enjoyed during the movie, and he gets very upset if I eat all the popcorn. Isn't that bullshit? Once you get the food, are you just supposed to eat it? Who the fuck waits till the movie to start? And he's talking like not until the previews start. Really? Yeah, I will say, or here's even my like thing. Actual movie starts. That's like, isn't that crazy? I'm like you. Like, I will buy like some drinks and I'll buy some candy yeah. and I will eat all of that and drink all of that before the movie even starts, before the previews even start. So that way I can just focus on the movie. But I do feel sometimes when I'm there, I'm just like, oh man, like, why did I waste all this popcorn? Why didn't I wait till the movie started? Because you kind of want to sit there, like that whole motion of just sitting there staring and like, mindlessly dipping your hand in something and put in your mouth that's a cool little thing that i like and i feel like maybe that's probably what dan is liking and probably what he's so upset about well yeah he got really upset actually the other day when we were at the movies well in his defense you're also the person like we'll get like 12 cupcakes and you're like oh my god i can't wait everyone takes one cupcake sarah takes a spoon and just takes one twelfth out of every cupcake (laughs) and then leaves all of these like trash cupcakes it's like well yeah no one wants to eat like leftover stuff so i get that because dan is there he's waiting for you and he can't tell you the last thing as a man you can tell is like hey babe stop eating well that's what he says to me well and okay I go, fuck you and yeah I just and you just keep trough. on you just go you keep on going yeah like <laughs> like that just like a piggy just like a piggy would be like <laughs> that's exactly how you go in the popcorn bag and that's his issue is how he's like man i just want to save a few i want to save a few kernels for the actual movie can i actually tell you that did that, sound legit? Did, that so sound, did that sound legit? Did that sound legit? Thank you. Because I was carrying the waters in, and I had my purse, and I just started. I didn't even use my hands. I just started licking and eating the top of the corn, the popcorn. Really? <laughs> that is horrendous. Okay, now that's disgusting. So you just Why? take it. You literally like Why a pig. You're, you're like <laughs> just sitting there, just like slobbering all over everything. I'm done with this conversation. Well, yeah, because you're in the wrong on this one. No. I will say, you know who does this to me though? Okay, so I've been to movie Ty, actually. When we went to the movie Ty. with Ty, I cause he came in, he like sees Teddy and I like sitting there drinking beers, our eyes were like bloodshot. He's like, You guys high? We're like, Yeah, man, we're high and drunk, about to go in this movie and a rip. I think him and Corey purposely sat on the other side of the movie theater because they were afraid that we would eat their popcorn. <laughs> like straight That's up. Cause they had this theory. huge thing of popcorn and we leave and like they saw this huge thing of popcorn. I was like, why don't y'all sit next to us? Like, Teddy and I would have definitely crushed the rest of that popcorn, man. Oh, my God. That's a good theory. Yeah. Speaking of, I want to just take this second, because a lot of people have asked how Ty and Corey and Mel are doing. Mel did move back to Florida she just this moved, week. She just left today, yesterday. And we, yeah, she's going to be on this show. We tried to coordinate it before she left to have her on, but she was moving. Her sister came to town. They are taking a little road trip. I already miss her so much. I know. I know. We had a great going away party for mm-hmm. her. Uh, over at Liberty Tavern. So she is going to be on this show. And I think she's just figuring out what kind of a segment she wants to do. Yep. You know, is it Hollywood? Is it fashion? Whatever. So we want to have her on. And Ty, too. I'm not sure what Ty's. Ty and I had texted before Christmas, but I'm not sure what his plans are. I recently hit him up. I know he's still in town until at least the end of the month. And then I think he's. They're moving. Moving. Okay, well. so we'll get Ty in here, too, to, yeah. to just tell about, talk about his next it's adventure. It's sad your crew's leaving you, Sarah. I know. All that's out. left is Where me. Where are you going? I'm here. I'm here. Trust Good. me. I got, I'm, I'm pathetic. Don't I'm sticking go around to the end, so. Uh, hey, do you want to help Nancy, who emailed us? She's a mom. Yeah, absolutely. If there's one thing I have, it's motherly advice. Uh, hey, Sarah and Sammy. I'm not sure if Sammy's email address. By the way, do you want to give out your email address or no? Well, I don't even, here's my thing. I don't even use my email address. I might I know, as well email I Sarah. I email you clips, and like the next day you're like, I didn't say it. I'm, I'm like, like, what? This uh, is the show. I don't, re- I don't check my emails. I'm sorry. Well, um, she says, look, loving the podcast, didn't know Sammy's email address, so I thought I would write. I'm the mom of a 14-year-old girl and a 16-year-old girl. I have to admit, I have to admit this, but recently, I hate to admit this, but recently I've been reading and snooping on their email and social media accounts. I want to keep them safe and just make sure that they're doing the right thing, but am I destroying our trust? So far, they haven't found out. I usually read things when they forget to log out. My mom used to read my journal in high school back in the day, of course, before we had cell phones and the internet, and it drove a wedge between us then. I find myself doing the same thing, but in today's world, it's even scarier. I would appreciate your advice, Nancy. What do you think? Well, here's my thing. As, a, as having parents that snooped and were open about snooping, they like, did? and they told you, like, you have no rights, we are going to snoop. You live in our house, we will go through whatever the hell we want to. 
I just found better ways to hide shit from them than ever. And then when I grew up and I started talking to my friends, they're like, well, yeah, I just kind of was honest with my parents. And I was like, dude, I lied so much to my parents on a daily basis all because I had to sneak around everything I did because I knew they were snooping. And so I feel like all you're going to do is you're just going to make your kids little Sammy Caves. They're going to be little delinquents that are going to sneak around. They're going to do everything behind your back. That's why you should be honest with them. Like my dad and I finally hit this bond like around like 16, 17 when he just goes, hey, man, I know you're smoking weed. Your mom's going to kick your ass if she finds out. So how about you go do this instead? And I was like, whoa. And he was just honest with me. Like, hey, you guys want to drink? You're all underage. So here's the thing. You all have to sit here. No one's leaving. You're all crashing here. Here's some beers. And that kept the, and that, that made kept, the trust and that, better. And that made the trust better because it kept me also when I was sitting there. And when I'm like, because as a teen, you want to go out. You want to enjoy these things. You want to have a drink. You want to go smoke with your friends. You want to do something <laughs> like you've never done before. You know what I mean? Because it's all brand new. But the thing is, because I was, I knew I could always do it like at my dad's place, or I could always do it like around, or when I was in Tunisia, for instance, I knew I could always drink. No one ever stopped me there. I was really, really low key and laid back in high school and stuff. Where I didn't really have that urge so, to go out, where I was really rebelling in middle school and the beginning of high school. But then once my parents gave up and they stopped being so snoopy and they kind of let me do my own thing, then it, was, it was fine. It was super easy. Well, I was going to say this. When I was in high school, my mom always had the policy. And again, we didn't have cell phones. Like my first phone was that car phone. Your mom left, made you leave with 35 cents in your pocket so you could make that one call no, on the payphone? I don't even remember her giving money. Like to Really? Have, no, none of that. She, Her policy was always, I trust you until you give me a reason to not trust you, which, of course, I yeah, did. Yeah, you fucked you know, up real yeah, quick. Yeah. I drank in high school, like all that stuff. And then I really got in trouble when I had people over and drank at the house. Mm-hmm. That was like a big no-no. But I feel like she... I don't know. I lied to her a couple times and she always caught me and then that stopped me from lying. So I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I think there's a difference between keeping a check on your kids and snooping. And I think my advice, Nancy, is I think you got to sit the girls down and go, okay, look, I know you're on the internet. I know you're on your phones. I know you have your own emails, but I need access to, I need your passwords and I need access to those. You know what, Sarah? I have a great idea for you. Do you think that's fair? You should make like, you should make awkward parent conversation kits. You know what I mean? So they come with some lube, some condoms, a little bottle of Smirnoff's in there. So they'll be like, hey kids, hey parents want to have that awkward conversation with your kids? Here you go. We'll put some rolling papers in there if they want to teach their kids how to roll a doobie too. You know, that's something you could, like, I don't know, people just need to have that conversation. I think that most, So age, just, she should have the conversation. 90% like, hey. of kids actually aren't assholes, and I'll say this, like, out of all my friends, I was the one asshole. 90% of my friends were actually just trying to do good things. They were just trying to hang out and chill. We may have, like, walked around Walmart and put on clothes, but we weren't, like, doing anything bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. 90% are like that. There's a 10% that will go out there and try to get in trouble and try to get drunk and try to do stuff that's going to get them in trouble with the police and stuff like that. Those are 10% that should be snooped, but 90%, like, if you snoop, you're just going to find that your kid's a lame ass. Like, that your kid actually listens to you, that your kid actually respects what you say. So that's why I don't agree with snooping, because you really are only snooping in hopes that you'll find that 10%, but it's such a small percentage that you're going to, you know, you end up losing the trust of 90% of the kids because of that. Well, I think, yeah, you are going to ruin their trust if you just snoop. I think if you have an open conversation, exactly like what you're saying, and there has to be a happy medium of either finding out what the kids are doing or following a little bit of their social media or something Mm -hmm. to keep an eye on them. All right. So they're not sending dick pics to someone 14 and then they're arrested. If you're a girl and you're sending dick pics to somebody, (laughs) you got two things your parents should be bringing up to you. (laughs) It could happen. Let's do a little click. You ready for a little click? Yeah, let's do a little click stories. Ain't nobody fucking with my click. Uh, You probably saw this week that a farm in central Virginia is looking for some people to come snuggle with baby goats. Oh, my gosh. I did see this, and I kind of want to do it. You do? Well, sorry. There's a huge waiting list now. What? For goats? Yeah. In Esmont, Virginia, Caramont Farm has more than 120 goats. Uh, which provide their owners with fresh and aged cheeses. They are going to, in February, coming up, they're going to have 90 kids. Those are, of course, as a baby goat. Mm -hmm. So they're now asking people, they were anyway, asking people to come and hug them, cuddle them, pet them, and then feed them by bottle at times. They've now been inundated with such a huge waiting list of people. They said you didn't have to have any animal experience before. That's, but I will tell Would you, you this, ever though, do that? I have actually played with goats before, and what you don't realize is they try to headbutt everything. Yeah, they do try they to headbutt do. everything. And, I mean, it's painful. Like <laughs> Even though it's a small little goat and you think it's going to be cute, 
That fucker's got some strength in his skull. <laughs> like some strength. Yeah, they're an animal. Uh, DuPont Underground, we talked about this. It only was till like a, maybe about a year ago that I ever realized there was a whole tunnel and system mm-hmm. underneath DuPont Circle. Was this widely known? Does everyone know this and I'm just like slow to the game? Uh, no, I, th- I don't know. Most people probably don't know about it unless you live like in the city and you, you know, are I part of that I lived here 10 pulse. years up on Mass Avenue. I never knew this. Yeah, but you didn't live like that area. No, there is a huge DuPont underground. So a new company has taken it over. They've owned it for about a year. And they also acquired all of the balls, the plastic balls, 750,000 of them from the beach exhibit that was at the National Building Museum. They're creating a giant ball pit, but they're also looking for someone to make something out of that, like some sort of artwork. It's called Reball. And they're still taking submissions until February 4th if you want in on that. Now, there's still a lot of controversy about the DuPont Underground because so many... It's been there for... Forever. Like 70 years. I never even knew this. But it's so incredibly expensive to maintain... They're hoping that they'll have artists there, live music, all that stuff. And there was initially talk of having food, but now they're saying because the space is so hard to heat, get things down to, that may not be happening. Uh, Do you think it's going to succeed? There's a lot of talk about this here in D.C. Well, here's what I like about it is I like the fact that D.C. has unique kind of venues. Like the 930 Club is so well known and people show up as as it being as one of the best small venues in the world, right? It's like if you ever go to Colorado, they have Red Rocks. Where you can do a show and you have the Red Rock Caverns right behind you. You know, when you're the mountain yeah, range, it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this could be our kind of Red Rocks. Like, you can go see a really big artist perform underground in a metro station. Like, it'd just be a really cool thing to experience as a Washingtonian. I'm really rooting for him. I know. Like, I, I hope really so, do. too. Because it's to be able to see a concert, though. be able to go to a rave, but you're actually going down a staircase and doing an, you know, like, that's so cool. That sounds so, like, 1980s New York, you know. It's very cool. And I, I would love to actually, you know have it work out and be able to go and support that. I know. See, because in my mind, I I picture it like Grand Central Station. We have like the Oyster Bar, you have shops, you have all that stuff kind of in the station as you're heading down to the subways, but you're not getting Metro there. I envision it more or less being like you go down and it's like a huge nightclub or like performance venue. So they have like, you know, bars and stuff set up and there's some like art and stuff hanging around. But really you go there, there's like a huge stage. You can go watch a concert, you know, watch your favorite local artist perform to 500 people underground. That's I know, what that I would see be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. We're rooting for them as well. Uh, this weekend, Constellation Theater Company will host a pony pop-up. Uh, it's going to be in front of Source, which is 1834 14th Street Northwest, kind of close to your neighborhood, Sammy. Uh, the Source? No, it's not. No, it's, actually, it's way downtown. It's under the museum, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, never mind. It's way downtown. Uh, it'll be on this Sunday at noon from noon to 3 p.m. The pop-up will start talented equines from the Peppermint Pony, and passerbyers will be able to feed and pet the tiny miniature ponies. It's all in promotion for an upcoming performance of Equus. Which was that? That was the one. Um, was that the one with uh, Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah, where exactly. Where he got naked and played a horse. I doesn't he play the boy that's in love with the horse? Uh, oh. It's a disturbing tale of a teenager whose dangerous obsession with horses leads him to commit an unspeakable act of violence. Okay. Doesn't he have sex with the horse? Isn't that like I the don't, story? I don't know. I did not. Or am I am I perpetuating something that's probably not even true? Did did, did Harry Potter have sex with a horse? <laughs> no, Hold on, you can continue. I'll find out. Oh. Oh, my God. So people are flipping out about this. Inviting kids to pet ponies to promote a play in which, quote, thankfully. Actually, here's a quote, Daniel Radcliffe. I effed a horse on stage when I was 17. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's Um, it. I told you. Well, people are pissed off. Do you think this is bad promotion that they're having ponies asking kids to come, but the play's about this kid that abuses a horse? That's hysterical. No, that's great. (laughs) Because they're like, oh, come on. It's Harry Potter. He just uses Sorcerer's Wand a little bit differently than you would expect him to. Oh, my God. I do like this headline, though. Horses plus sexual tension plus Harry Potter equals Equus. <laughs> now, that's a great headline right there. I don't know, that's, that's the tension grabbing right there. People are not happy. They think it's disgusting that they're using these ponies and bringing kids to then a show that you wouldn't even have kids come see. Yeah, but still, your kid gets to see a pony. He doesn't have to realize what they're doing to the pony afterwards. <laughs> it's like when you go to the circus. You're not having sex with the ponies you, there, though. You don't, tell, you don't tell your kid when they're at the circus, by the way, you see that horse here right there? He's gonna be glue one day. No, you don't tell him that. You just, like, let him enjoy the horses. Let him kind of... They don't have to know. They're kids. <laughs> oh, my God. I just thought that was a hysterical promotion. I mean, these little ponies are so cute, but yeah. 
Now I want to see Equus. I wish I'd seen it with Daniel Craig. I mean, Daniel. Daniel Craig banging horses? Wow, now that's how you get sued right there, Sarah. Stop it! Stop! That was a mistake. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. You mean Daniel Radcliffe. Thank God it's Thursday. Good old Harry Potter. Uh, lastly, I want to leave you with this. So we've been talking about making a murderer forever. We've both seen it. It's fabulous. Spoiler alert if you uh, don't want to hear any more about um, making a murderer. You've got to see it. And then let us know what do you think. Did Steven do it? Did he? Do you think he did? Uh, no, I don't think he did. Do Dude, you, the you information think he coming is, out right? now is crazy. Yeah, but I don't think it's that crazy. It's like he star six sevened her phone number before. I mean, I don't think I think Stephen Avery, Stephen Avery is creepy because I think he he unfortunately, you know, he was in jail for years. The poor guy doesn't have a lot of mental capacity. Uh, no, he's I believe what, his uh, his IQ is at seventy, mm-hmm. which isn't under seventy five considered to be legally like. No, fifty is mentally handicapped. Okay, so he's what do you 70. think mine is? You. 90? Shut up. I'm over 100. Are you? Are most people over 100? I have no idea. I've actually, have you ever had an IQ test? No. Either have, we should have an IQ, you should do an IQ test. I bet you have a very high IQ. Wait, do you think because we can Google an like, IQ test? Do you think there's like They ones? take forever though. You can't just like do it during the click. Like they take like oh, we an hour do and a half, like two hours, yeah. Okay. Um, oh my God, let's do an IQ. But I bet I you actually have a very high. high. No, I think here the thing is I know I have the capacity to have a, to maintain a bunch of knowledge. That doesn't mean I have a high IQ. The high IQ is a completely different thing. So I feel like you would actually have a higher IQ. I used to be able to contain more facts in this brain of mine. Oh, my God. We need someone. If you can administer an IQ test for us, will you tweet at me at HeyFrage, H-E-Y-F-R-A-S-E? But how upset are you going to be if you come out under 55? Shut the fuck up. Like, how pissed are you going to be when you come out? And now, like, there's nothing you can say about it. Like, you can't even It's like, at least beforehand, there was a little bit of doubt that you may, be, you may be special. But now you're like, shit, dude. Like, the test knows. Well, no, I would say I would become an advocate for the community of IQs of 55, and I would yeah. say... Hi, well, I'm Sarah, and I'm <laughs> stupid, but I can still look at me succeed. Yes. I love this. That's exactly what I would yeah. do. That would be my campaign. You'd Absolutely. Like, Hi, Sarah, the writer of Stupid Is As Stupid Does, the best-selling New York Times book. <laughs> stupid Is. As Stupid Does. Well, anyway, we talk about this all the time. And last week on the show, I had said, hey, I would love to know in D.C. what there is, like, what's a story that's like making a murderer? Because I think what the scary part about that series is whether Stephen Avery is guilty or innocent this time around. At one time, they did imprison an innocent man. Oh, my gosh. So many like that. So many. It's so obvious from our justice system that many, many people who don't have the right resources or in a bad pinch, whatever, uh... Conf- I don't even know if it's necessarily confessed, but take plea deals, and they are innocent. It's obvious. It's clear. Well, I mean, because we they hit, even like here, like I've had minor charges, like possession charges, marijuana, whatever, stuff like that, and they hit you with this whole idea that you're going to go to jail for right. 30 days to three months right. or possibly a year for a gram of weed and then another year for having a plastic bag because your weed was in a plastic bag. That's paraphernalia. Right. And then another three years because you had a bowl, and you're sitting there like, wait, What? I know. Like five years because I wanted to smoke a little bit of weed or five years because I did this or five years because I was hungry and I stole some milk. Like, you're out of your mind. Like, hold on a second, you know? Yeah, it's really, it's fucking crazy and what so they do. so you're there and like, I've, I've pled, I've actually pled guilty to everything. Really? I've had to because at that, even though like at one point they're like, well, technically you have every right to, you could probably get out of this because you had no right to be searched, da, da, da. At that point, they were coming at me so hard that every time I said I was, and then they found out I was going to go to trial, they actually added more charges against me. So I had was to. Was this when you were pulled over with weed in your car? It was the second time I was pulled over with weed. Yeah. But I was okay. actually driving, I was a passenger. And like, yeah, and it was like, and I'm telling you, like, and it was at that point, the second I was like, well, I don't know. I'm not going to take that deal. I want to go against it. They brought up all these other charges and they're going to charge me for this and charge me for that. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where, like, if you do go to trial, you have the chance of going to jail for twice as long, three times as long, or you can just sit like, oh, fine, I'll do the community service, I'll do this, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's a so racket. It is a racket. I, I would say now, I mean, after watching Making a Murderer, I don't care if I was pulled in for a traffic violation, I don't care if I was questioned about a friend, I would go, I would, I would be like, speak to my attorney. I would get an attorney before any fucking thing because I just think you, you get in there. You can't, Sarah. When they're arresting you for possession, you just came like, give me my attorney. But I go, all right, we'll give you an attorney. You can call them when you get to prison. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I would go to jail. I wouldn't say anything because I think they always try and befriend you. Uh, I would go to jail. I would get to jail. I'd let them book me. And then I would, when they were like, let's talk, you know, we'll, we'll get you out of here. Just tell, 
I would say I gotta. I have to speak to an attorney. Well, I will say in my defense, though, the police officer did tell me that I was the best liar he's ever dealt with. So I took that as a compliment. <laughs> oh my he god! He was like, I legit thought you didn't have marijuana on you. It was just your friend. I was like, I know. Like I faked it too so well. And then it wasn't until the very end when they went there and they grabbed my sack and I didn't flinch that they realized that's not his ball sack. <laughs> that's something else. I was like, damn it! I forgot to flinch. I'm supposed to flinch when they grab me down there. <laughs> I forgot. And then they're like, all right. And then they pulled it out. And I was like, hey, well, that was pretty good, right? And then oh I just kind of sat on the side of the road singing, breaking the law, breaking the law. In front Ju- of them? Yeah, by Judas Priest. And then I kind of, because I was mocking it. Well, you seem like you're fucking crazy. They probably thought you were nuts. Well, no, because I thought it was hysterical. I was like, guys, guys, hold on. You already, I had no right to even be searched anyways because I was the passenger in a car. You don't have the right just to do this. Yeah, but you're smart enough to know that. I mean, I wouldn't. And I know this, but at that point, like they uh, they took me in. They're like, we got it, and I was like, whatever. Fuck you, Moco. Oh wow! Oh my god! Damn! I'm telling you, I want an attorney. Anyway, Amber C emailed me because when I had said, "What's what's a case around Northern Virginia or DC? Have you heard of the murder trial, the capital murder trial of Justin Wolf?" So Justin Wolf is apparently our local version of making a murderer. Justin Wolf. Justin okay. Wolf. Okay. The case was one of several in the news at the time. I believe he's been in jail for over 10 years. Um, in the news at the time in which prosecutors had hid evidence that would have helped the defendant, Justin Wolf, or strong-armed a witness into falsely testifying. Prosecutors in Wolf's case seem to have done both. Uh, This is a Slate article that was about him. And if you remember, if you followed Serial Podcast, which I was obsessed with, still am, episode seven of Serial, the the host, Sarah Koenig, actually mentions Justin's case as part of the investigation into the prosecution and conviction of Adnan Saeed. Now, Koenig found her way to Wolf and one of his vast team of lawyers and defendants, um, who was the director of the Innocent Project. Okay, so if you remember that moment in episode seven Mm -hmm. of Serial, she actually mentions his case. Justin's is actually very, very similar. Wolf was charged with capital murder for allegedly hiring someone to kill Daniel Petrel Jr. in 2001. Now, Prince William County prosecutors theorized that Wolf, who was 19 years old at the time, and sold weed that he had purchased from Petrol, murdered his drug supplier because he owed Petrol vast amount of money, about $60,000. And rather than pay up, he had hired a hit on the guy. But really what happened is they say that uh, the man that was murdered, Owen, I mean, sorry, Danny Petrol, was murdered by a man named Owen Barber. And when they were actually right. questioning him, they said that if he could implicate, you know, well, if you can implicate Justin Wolf, you can actually, you know, give us what we need on Justin Wolf, we will give you immunity for your death sentence. Yes, so, exactly. Think about it. So at that point, he's like, well, I'm either going to die or I can at least have the possibility of maybe one day getting out. Fine. Yeah, he did it, too, with me. And this guy who, yeah, was a drug dealer but, like, was selling marijuana but really had nothing to do with that. He did not pull the trigger, had nothing to do with that. He's saying that all he did was he implicated him saying that, yeah— he did. He it. was there he with hired me. He was there. He was yeah, the hired me. So anyhow, fast forward, right? Um, they found the an attorney found that the prosecution had behaved atrociously. The judge determined that they had systematically concealed evidence that would have helped Wolf's defense, including that Barber and Petrol had a long-standing violent relationship. Uh, that Petrol had a hit out on Barber at the time of Petrol's death. That Barber had told a roommate that he acted alone. Okay, so Barber had said that he killed Petrol alone. Alone, and they say even then he fired nine shots into the man and will be free in 2040. Yes. Do you understand that? And also, they forget which is the craziest part about this story is that in 2007, Barber had to go and do another affidavit in which he actually speaks and says to the jury that Wolf was not involved in the murders and that he did this just to avoid the death penalty and to satisfy the prosecutors. So this is crazy because Justin Wolf remains in jail today. So there's there's a lot, I guess, of other details, right? So the judge, the judge's statement to dismiss the case and, and let him out, right, should have happened in 2011. In 2012, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit upheld Judge, Jackson, judge Jackson's order vacating all of Wolf's, Wolf's convictions and sentences. The court found the conduct of the prosecution in the case uh, just atrocious. As a result, Wolf was released from death row September 7th, 2012, though he remained locked up in Prince William County. Now, my understanding is he is still in jail. He is still in jail. As they're still trying to prosecute him, they're correct? Still, right? They're like still, still trying to. Uh, they're saying that because his conviction relied mostly on cell phone records and testimony of four men, including Barber, who was the actual murderer himself, that it really it was all like fraudulent testimony. And even then, like the lawyer that Justin had hired was actually uh, was 
disbarred for mishandling the case. That's amazing. He admitted that that was the first trial he had ever tried involving capital murder and that he made many mistakes while handling Justin's case. Oh, my God. The he still is, is in jail. And even then, Owen Barber, like the guy who committed the murder, mm -hmm. has actually admitted to multiple of his cellmates that he lied to the jury and lied. And those cellmates contacted Justin's lawyers and told them, hey, he's admitted that he lied about this. How can we help this out? And it's still, amazing. there's nothing that they do. There's a lot of states out there that they don't want that to happen. Okay, I don't want to, Virginia, I don't want to say they're one of them, but the way that they're kind of leaning, that they're making it seem like, hey, man, we made you guilty once. The last thing they want to do is look bad by letting you out. And I think that's the issue. Yes. You have a lot of prosecutors crazy. because they go, and when you're there, the prosecutor's sitting there, even me, I was. I had a small amount of marijuana. They're making it sound like I was some big time criminal and some delinquent, and I was doing, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I get high, I go to work, all right? Like, I pay my taxes, I support the community. Sure, Like, who sure. cares if I smoke a fucking doobie? Like, that sucks, I got caught, I'll pay the price, whatever. But no, they made it sound like I was a full-blown criminal, just like, and they don't, and they make, because they have to go so gung-ho to get you convicted, that the second that they're told, hey man, you're actually wrong, and they got the egg on their face, it's very difficult for them to come back and to say, ah, okay, you're right. This is amazing, oh my God. I mean, I hope somebody in D.C., Clearly, I don't know anything about the judicial system. Well, we do have the Innocence Project. You know the Innocence Project? Well, they've they, already been yeah, involved with Wolf, they but they involved. have not been able to get him out of jail. He's been in jail for 13 years. He sits in a prison waiting to get out despite all this evidence. Uh, it's a Slate article, but there's tons of stuff. Justin Wolf is his name. If you know more, you can email me, Sarah, at hayfrage.com. That's insane. Isn't that insane? insane? I wish somebody would pick it up here. Well, it's a good story for T.O.P. Yeah. I mean, get him out. Look, the fact is, he did not do anything wrong. And it sucks, okay, that he was committing a crime by selling marijuana. He was in that kind of thing. But who knows, man? You know? know. It wasn't like because you sell. Like I, I've never met anyone that was high, that was so high on weed, they're like, man, I'm going to kill you. No, no, no. They're so high on marijuana, they're going to kill you to get Taco Bell because you're blocking them. But that's about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, they're never just going to kill you violently. They got the munchies. They've got the I don't know. That's a terrible story about Justin Wolf. So, I mean, well, there yeah, you go. You wanted one local. There you, you go. You got your local tragedy, I mean, Sarah. I think the hard part with Justin Wolf's, though, don't you think, is that he was guilty of being a drug dealer. But I that's mean, not what he was charged of. He's I not know. in prison for being a drug dealer. He just happened to run at those same crews. Bad news, kids. Yeah, well, well, well. You lie down with dogs, you get fleas. Well, not all the time, as long as your dogs are clean. <laughs> I lie with my dog every night. I've never okay. gotten fleas. No. He sleeps oh, right I'm here so in my crotch sure. area. Uh, look, I want to get to two things before we wrap up the show today. Um, because today, you know, I, it's a big day for me. I am going down to Park Services. We're going to do another bikini challenge. Good. 2016. Do I have to wear a bikini Yes, again? you do. Right, Absolutely. I'll be wearing a bikini again. In May. I'm nervous about this because I'm going to Park Services today to appeal to them to get a permit. Because mm -hmm. when we did this bikini challenge, if, if you're new to the podcast... I had never worn a bikini. Last year, I was in my 30s. Still am. Uh, yes, early, you are. Early 30s. Early 30s. Early. Like maybe 30 and a half. Exactly. So I had never worn a bikini because I just didn't, I always have had issues with my body. I've never been happy with the way that I looked, right? No matter what size mm -hmm. I was. And I've been a size four. I've been a size 18. So last year. <laughs> sorry, I was the 18 really threw me off there. I didn't expect that number. I'm really sorry. I did not mean my eyes said way too much right there. And I apologize. That was, that was just so like, rude. That was, it wasn't like, it wasn't meant to be like that. It was just, it, look, there's someone else. Look, if you listen to the podcast, your eyes probably did the same shit right there <laughs> okay. and i apologize that you could see my eyes sarah i did not mean i'm sorry as you were i apologize it's fine. anyhow we love you at all sizes but i was so uncomfortable with the way i looked mm -hmm. it took me a long time to get to this place so last year i wore a bikini for the first time and i go i'm gonna do it in public i'm gonna do it on tv so i did it in front of do in dupont circle yeah. it was you and me and yep. then there were some of our fans yes. who came down yes, and they, they also got in their bikinis yes, or did. den was just in his underwear yep. and so they yep, park services we're pissed because we had promoted the event on the radio, and apparently that's where you get in trouble. Once you start promoting people to be at a location, you can't have cameras then that's there. Blah, 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 yeah, blah, 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 all this bullshit, you need a permit. Hopefully Park Services doesn't hear this till after they approve it. So today, I've got to go appeal to them and say, hey, look, this is really positive. We want to have some vendors come down mm -hmm. in May. 
And you got to get in your bikini. I love this. I actually really do like this idea because I actually find it a shame that I've worn a bikini more times in my life than you have. <laughs> and that's horrendous because that like horrendous. women should not have to be worried about how people are going to judge their body. They should just wear what they feel is comfortable. You know, yes. my favorite story was that was that was that the, the news reporter in Australia that wore the same suit every day for like yes, nine months and no one said shit where the women have to dress differently every fucking day every day you need a new outfit look at Sarah even like I feel bad for you sometimes I feel like sometimes you're kind of putting that pressure too of like dressing I could literally wear the same crap every day and no one cares no I one know. cares I do feel a little bit of pressure with Instagram and stuff because you know people want you to be to look great I only feel pressure on my clothes when we talk to Paul Warren <laughs> Paul did. I think Paul likes you, actually. Good. I like Paul, too. We're friends. No, I think Paul like, likes you. Oh, so you're you saying know, I, I should test out that 35% yeah. with Paul. Didn't you get that vibe? I don't know if I got that vibe. I think he was more or less making fun of me a majority of it. But I like that you said love. I said making fun. I don't know. Yin we got to read people wrong. Yeah. I thought there was some, I thought there was some chemistry there. No, not, maybe not from you. Because I do believe that you're more straight than I just wouldn't even know what to do with it. I'm not going to lie to you. Which, with which one? A vagina with or a penis? It, with a, oh, with your penis? With the penis. I wouldn't know what to do with the penis. I'd be like, oh, man. I'd have to think in my head, all right, what would I do? What would I want done to myself? Well, I'll tell you, after I've had all my colon issues and my anal fissure, I'm never putting anything in my butt. So I, you're on your own. Okay. <laughs> so here's my advice. From my anal doctor, I would give. What's an anal doctor call? Don't they have an actual name? <laughs> yes, they're a colon rectal surgeon. Okay, I see. Uh, I want to get this story, and then we got to do deep thoughts from the men on Tinder, and um, before I, because I got to take off today and go to Park Services. So, uh, Marilee is her name. She runs amusingmarilee.com, which is a blog, and mm-hmm. her blog post has gone viral. We've been treating emails, and she's going to be on the show next week. She's in Nebraska. She's adopted four children, and one of them is a black son. And she says, this blog that everyone is getting a ton of attention says, to the white parents of my black son's friends, I've been wrestling with talking to you about some things I think you need to know. I've wrestled with it because I feel my own sense of shame, shame that I didn't know or understand these issues before they touched my family. I felt fear that you'll respond in subtle ways that make it clear you aren't safe for my child. I've been concerned that you won't believe me, and then I'll feel more angry that I hadn't said anything. Okay. But my son is getting older, and as he he's tenacious and adorable black boy, he's going to eventually grow into a strong black man. I know the assumptions about him will change as he becomes and be and gets to be a teenager, and I need your help in keeping him safe. We talked to our son about safety issues. We talked to him about being respectful of police and anyone in authority. Watch Making a Murderer. You might change your mind. About <laughs> keeping his hands where they are visible. About wearing, by not wearing his hood up on his face. Or sneaking through the neighborhood's backyard. We talked to him about all these things. But some people are going to see him as, quote, a thug no matter what. Uh, but here's the thing. As much as we can try to protect him and teach him to protect himself, there may come a time when your child will be involved. As the parents of the white friend of my black son, I need you to be talking to your child about race. I need you to be talking about the assumptions other people might make about my son. I need you to talk to your child about what they could do if they saw injustice happening. She goes on to say that we use the word colorblind, but she wants people to see color. She also says, I want you to stand up for my son in situations. Never to just sit back and think that everything will work out okay. What do you think? That's the long and short. The blog goes on. And again, amusing merrily, M-A-R-A-L-E-G.com. Well, that's genius. That's what you should be doing. Like, Well, she's getting a lot of uh, backlash. I feel like a lot of parents are probably uh, back, uh, lashing back at her because they go, well, my son doesn't deal with that. My kids don't have to deal with that. Why do I need to exp- like, expose them to that at such a young age? Well, you know why you expose your kids to that at such a young age? Because, A, their capability to learn and understand is way higher than when they're older. You try mm. to teach an 18-year-old, 19-year-old about racism, it's, it's going to take a lot longer than if you teach, you know, a five-year-old, a six-year-old, a seven-year-old about it because they're going to understand. You know what I mean? Well, so here's some of the things that are getting a lot of people upset, too. So white parents, please talk to your kids about racism. If they see my son being bullied or called racist names, they need to stand up with him. They need to understand how threatening that is and not just something to be laughed off. Yeah. Which I think is interesting because when you're a kid, I mean, I'm sure, you know, growing up, like you heard racist things. I heard racist things. And I never stood up for anybody. I was always, I always wanted to kind of just go along with the crowd. 
And I just think it's so tough. I think this article is amazing, but how difficult it is when you're well, 12 years old. Especially if she's in a situation like I was in. We had our friend Sam Houston. He was literally the one black friend. You know what I mean? I know. Well, like I, the one I, black kid that hung out with all of us. And so we would go out there and people would say shit all the time. We would get in so many fights. But then I'm not going to lie, there was other times that we would sit there and when Sam wasn't around, that people would say stuff and we would just sit there and kind of laugh and go along with it. And I feel horrendous about that now. Like I still to this I day like, feel really bad because when Sam was around, we would sit there and we would defend his honor and we were completely progressive, you know, loving of all kind of creature kind of people. Second he was back and it was me blending with a white crowd again. They had no idea that I was a minority, but I'd blend in with them and they would drop, you know, the N bomb, they would drop the F bomb, they would drop whatever. Yeah. I would usually just play along and laugh and pretend like, too. oh man, and I feel horrendous. Like I still do. And it's crazy because at that point in my life though, I realized that I was just white enough to pass. Right. And so I got through, right? Where Sam, he was black. Even though he was even though he had white parents, he was adopted. He was the black kid, but I was allowed to hang out with the white kids, and they would treat me like I was a white kid. They wouldn't try to be, you know, PC around me, which mm. I thought was totally fucked up in the long run. But at that age, you're not really thinking about that because I didn't have the chance to grow. Right. I really wish I had my parents there to tell me, hey, you're going to encounter this shit. But remember, you are not white. You are a proud Arab Muslim man. Okay? You mm. don't understand that. Like, the, you should sit there. You should offend. If you see something happen to a black person, you should say something because guess what? That could be you. Just because yeah, people are totally. too stupid to totally. sit there and realize that you are not white does not mean you should sit there and just blend in and stay in the background. And I wish my parents would have told me that because it took me until I was in my you know early 20s when I was in college that I finally saw some crazy shit go down. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's no way I'm going to let that happen and I would speak up more. Oh, my God. I love that. It's so, so, so true. But it's the truth. I mean, I think there's this a lot of people out there that blog. probably, when you were in high school, you were just trying to fit in, and you probably said or did some horrendous things that you are so ashamed of right now, but you did it because all you want to do in high school is fit in. You don't want to yeah, stick out. you do. Exactly. Oh, my God. Sammy, I love it. So. Well, um, read this, because she's going to be on Amusing Merrily, M-A-R-A-L-E-E.com. Uh, so definitely check out Definitely check out the blog and uh, email me any questions you have. Sarah with an H at HeyFrage.com. Hey, Brendan, Brendan's our intern. Would you pass me my cell phone? Because we're going to end with some deep thoughts from the men on Tinder. We didn't do it last week. Thank you. So we wanted to get some in there. Um, but I can't wait to see what people have to say. Sammy, that was great. Ready yeah, for some Tinder yeah, yeah, fellas? Yeah, let's do some Tinder fellas. All right. Deep thoughts from the Tinder fellas. Oh, the Tinder fellas. There's some really good ones. Oh, and some really cheesy ones. How about James 30? We'll start with him. Here's a picture of me on a stepladder. I never knew my real ladder. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Is he hot, though? Because I feel like a guy, if he's cute, that would actually be one that, would, that people would swipe right to. No, he's kind of annoying. I know, he, he looks annoying. Uh, Jimmy 26. He's from George Mason University. Mm -hmm. Youngest of three. Whistle a lot. Once, I once pooped my pants in Disney World. Was on a Japanese game show. Have a half German Shepherd, half Australian Shepherd. Almost choked to death on a lifesaver candy at age six. Almost drowned at age seven. Went to the movies with Tina Fey and James Bateman once. BSB over NSYNC. Swipe right, swipe right, swipe right. What is wrong with this guy? This guy's fantastic. <laughs> you don't think anything's wrong with no, him? No, man. Look, at guys like, see... I think that they should honestly change what Tinder is used for. And it should be for guys to find other guy friends. Because I would swipe right and be like, you know what? Let's get a beer sometime. We can share a natty high life or something like that. Like, I'm excited about this guy. Uh, and by the way, if you're new to the podcast, what we do is we do this segment called Deep Thoughts from the Men on Tinder or the Tinderellas. There are so many hilarious profiles. So we just started reading them when we think about it and when we find really good ones. Mm -hmm. So screenshot one if you find one and tweet at HeyFrage. We'll give you credit. Uh, but they're so good. Matthew 22. These are what people legit write about themselves. I'm a vegetarian, but I'll still eat that ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. So bad. Who swipes so right on that? Oh, my gosh. I'm totally going to use that line this weekend. I'd love to hear your thoughts if you agree with Mika or Micah. I think it's Micah. It's probably 29. Micah if yeah, it's, it's a guy. man. It's <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Micah 29. To the girls who are on a dating app looking for friends, where did you go wrong in life? 
Oh, touche, actually. I kind of agree great... with that one. I don't know why we were talking about this there. yesterday with Paul, man. Yeah. He agreed too. When you're on there and you're just looking for girlfriends, like who the fuck gets on Tinder looking for girlfriends? This guy sounds interesting, although I want to know the motives behind it. Uh, he says that he is uh, 19 years old and he's from Munch State University. Okay, I see where this is going. Hello there. Continue. If you're only looking for a serious relationship, I apologize in advance. Please swipe left. What I'm looking for is an ongoing FWB, friend with benefits, type of thing, where you can call me up to receive massages or oral sex at your convenience. I won't accept anything in return or any reciprocation. I don't really have the space here to properly explain why I do this and why I have no pictures up, etc. But I'm just a regular guy, and I promise I don't bite. And he so, went to Munch State University. That's all I need to hear. It's so stupid. Wait, Sarah, why'd you swipe right on him? You have no, a boyfriend. I didn't. I didn't. Sarah, why would you do that? Dan, I don't know why she's doing that. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Um, Brendan, 26. I appreciate this one. Oh, is this our Brendan? Brendan? No, nope, not you? him. Not our Brendan. Okay. You could do a lot worse. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> We'll end the show with Pete. And and before we want to do the last profile, please listen to this podcast. Make us number one on iTunes. We want to beat This American Life. Share it with someone who has never seen it. Please, We're like on our way. It's amazing. Let us know your feedback. We'll end with Pete, 41 years old. Things you need to know about me. First off, if we go out, you're paying. Not just for me, but for my wife if she shows up and she's a drinker. (laughs) Sex isn't guaranteed after that. If I'm interested, I'll place my underpants on the table. Fold them in three and place them in your handbag. Return them washed and will consummate passionately. I feel like that's what Dan would do. (laughs) He does fold them in threes, you're right. I dislike women who aren't shallow. A plus if you wear my mom's perfume and fit perfectly in the void she left. I'm six foot four inches. Those are two measurements. Oh, I'm six foot and four inches. Get that, Sarah? <laughs> Get that, Sarah? That means he's tall with a small lean. <laughs> I, love I love that. I love that. That was actually good. Those are really good oh, ones. Good. Yeah, those are good. Those, I like those a lot. So. Oh, my God. We're obsessed with you. Thank you so much for listening and downloading this podcast. You can follow us at HeyFrage on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. It's at the Sammy K S A M Y K. We'll be back next Tuesday. We will see you next Tuesday. Live. Bye.